Welcome to Season 6 of the Farm Trainers Podcast, Episode 23, published on February 6, 2024. We're a part of the ConcealedCarry.com network of podcasts. In this episode, we'll be talking with Brian Eastridge from Off-Duty, On-Duty Podcast about his experience at the SHOT Show 2024. Help us help other instructors. Go out, give us a five-star rating, share this episode with others. If they're asking you about SHOT Show, this would be a real simple way of going along and sharing the episode with them. Help other instructors find us by sharing it. This episode is also brought to you by our friends at the FTA, the Firearms Trainers Association. Visit their website at ftaprotect.com to learn more about their instructor coverage offer and their competitive pricing. I get a lot of questions from new instructors about what coverage to get, and I wholeheartedly endorse FTA for their coverage when it comes to instructor liability coverage. And remember, you're listening to this podcast, so there's a benefit for you for getting FTA coverage, and that is use promo code FTP10 at checkout to get a 10% off on your policy. Everybody appreciates a discount, and this one comes for listening to this podcast. This episode is brought to you by Manus X. I've been a longtime Manus user from their original Manus X to the new Manus X10 that came out with a couple of years ago, and now excited about their most recent product, Manus Blackbeard X. The Manus Blackbeard X combines the Manus 10 and the Manus Blackbeard system into one platform for the AR-15. It unleashes a completely new capability with in-depth dynamic shooting analysis, including motion-based analysis and multi-target engagement, something no one has done before. Manus Blackbeard X connects to your smartphone via Bluetooth and can easily download the Manus X application for Android and iOS. The Manus X application gives you history on all your previous sessions, as well as new drills for the modern sporting rifle. Manus X changed the way I train, and I think you'll find the Manus Blackbeard X is a great training aid for yourself and your students. Check out Manus X for more information on their Manus products, including the new Manus Blackbeard systems. That is ManusX.com. Remember, we bring you this podcast to support the industry, the Second Amendment, and you, the fire instructor out there that dedicates time and energy into making gun owners more knowledgeable. Today, we're joined by Brian Eastridge from Off-Duty, On-Duty Podcast. Welcome back. Brian, thank you for taking time tonight to talk with our audience. Thanks, Rob. It's good to be back. <laughs> so I w- wasn't fortunate enough to make it to SHOT Show this year, but you were. And I thought you'd be a really good person to go along and uh, kind of give a, those of us that are listening that didn't make it a SHOT Show, maybe a little bit of uh, uh overview of what you saw and what you liked and what, what um, you know, is com- coming in the industry overall, because SHOT Show is one of those that is not open to the consumer. It is strictly industry-only show, and you either get in because you've got a business uh, buying or selling uh, guns, or in your case, my case, when we've gone, we got go as uh, media because, uh, you know, we're there interviewing people, talk- talking about things. Um, uh, with them and that's uh that's how we we get in with it so why don't you tell us about some of the uh new products you saw when you were there well do you want me to go from uh like number five to number one or number one to number five that'd be the question there yeah i started at number five how's that okay so uh i saw daniel defense released a pistol caliber carbine that looked pretty slick um and Coupled with that, they kind of rebooted the Hudson H9. So mm, that's that, cool. Yeah, there was a lot of buzz around the show about that. That platform kind of died in about 2019. Um, you know, I, I don't know the ins and outs of it because I didn't really 
explore that platform when it came out. But uh, I did think it was a very innovative design. Um, mm-hmm. So there was a lot of buzz about the Daniel Defense quasi Hudson. And mm-hmm. uh, I, I, I think Daniel Defense probably did a pretty solid job of engineering out some of the problems they had before. Um, yeah, yeah, I remember seeing the Hudson H9 uh, 2017, 2018 and got my hands yeah. on it. That was uh, definitely a, a unique pistol for a 1911 style like, but not exactly a 1911. It was uh, definitely, Cy Hudson definitely had his, took it, took a lot of liberties in how he designed that pistol and such, which uh, probably created a lot of challenges for him also, which why they had to shut down production in 2019. Yeah, and and I've met them, and I I think they're you know they're great people. Uh, I don't I don't know what happened on the inside as to why that pistol kind of vanished really quickly. Um, it was here and gone, but uh, Daniel Defense felt like it was uh, worthy of a reboot. And uh, from what I could tell, they rebooted it in kind of a staggered column nine millimeter. So. You know, right now nine is king. So mm-hmm. um, hopefully they do well with it. And their their pistol caliber carbine, uh, which I don't think they'd been in that realm before uh, in any scale. It, it actually looked like a very viable platform, but I didn't get a lot of time to go look at those. So mm-hmm. yeah, the PCC market seems to be exploding. Everybody's got a pistol caliber carbine of one shape or another these days. Yeah. Yeah. And I, and I don't think that's a bad thing. Um, you know, a lot of people very purist are like, well, if it's carbine, it needs to shoot five, five, six or whatever. Uh, but something you can go out and actually train with and shoot that's in a affordable cartridge or a more affordable cartridge. I don't, I don't see a big hiccup with that. So, Mm -hmm. yep. That's, uh, that's, that's one of those uh, guns that definitely complements your carry gun. You know, if you can take just nine to the range and shoot it both in your carbine as well as in your pistol, that makes it a lot nicer than having to carry a bunch of 5.56 five, or, you know, other other rounds with you as, as well as nine, nine millimeter. Yeah, and, it, uh, and if nothing else from surely from a – or purely from a cost standpoint, right? Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Yep. Save, save a lot of money <laughs> shoot nine compared to those, those other, uh, calibers to say the least. Yeah. When I retired from police work, I, I had a couple of those moments where I went that ammo cost how much. So <laughs> yeah, now, now I don't get to shoot dot gov bullets as much. So anyway. Mm-hmm. Okay. So who's number four now? Uh, I would say Taurus with their bolt gun. Um, that's something they've never really, at least in the U S side, they've never been in. Um, and, and it looked like a really well outfitted platform. Uh, I, I didn't get a chance to go look real in depth into, you know, calibers, configurations and things like that. But, uh, you know, along with PCC, the PRS market has really spooled up. Right. Mm-hmm. So. And Taurus Rossi, they're they're known for, you know, very affordable guns, and I think their their quality control in the last few years has has really, um, really come up a lot. So, I mean, I've got a couple of Taurus 
or excuse me, Rossi lever guns, same company Mm -hmm. um, that I've been really happy with. So uh, I got a chance to kind of just gloss over their, their bolt gun for a minute. And I thought that was a pretty uh, bold move, but also, you know, the, the mystique behind bolt guns is kind of uh, gone now that the custom makers have made them so readily available or the, you know, the science behind making a really good one has kind of, mm-hmm. uh, you know, gotten a little more available to Joe consumer. Um, you know, I thought it was kind of cool that they jumped in on that market for, uh, for, for what it was. So, yeah, I yeah. just pulled up pulled up their webpage, and the uh, Taurus is built on the uh, Remington Remington seven hundred action, and it comes with M lock stock. It looks yeah. damn nice. It uh, looks, I mean, it's definitely an attention getter, and uh, with some good quality control. Um, it's currently only out in thir- in three hundred eight, but I'm sure that will do uh, a very fine job. Well, and and I don't know what uh, I didn't catch what their price point on that was. Uh, but Remington 700 pattern is kind of like saying, you know, 20 years ago saying it's a Mauser pattern action. Right. So, mm-hmm. right. uh, plenty of stuff people can do with that. And you the know, 984 is the, our price point. So that's, that's really good for a yeah. you know, good, good quality, uh, gun. I just say how, yeah, how it I, shoots sometime. And it, yeah. And I think that puts them right in that ballpark with Bergara and, uh, and some of the others and, you know, Remington, unfortunately in the last 10 years, it's been on again, off again. So, uh, you know, sometimes you can get them. Sometimes you can't, it just, uh, mm-hmm. so I appreciate, I appreciate market competition, uh, with, and you'll see that in a lot of these guns that, uh, I appreciate, even though they may be patterned after something else, a little bit of innovation, and it, you know, a rising tide raises all ships, right? So, oh yeah, definitely, definitely. So that's, uh, yeah, that's a big, big one for uh, Taurus. Did um, did I see Taurus come out with a new revolver with a red dot on it? Yes, uh, okay. that was going to actually be my number three. Okay, <laughs> uh, number three, they did, and uh, Caleb Giddings through the association I have with him with. Pat Rogers Memorial Revolver Roundup. Uh, he contacted me about a month before Shot Show and sent me a uh, NDA gun. Um, that's, that's one of the perks and also one of the downsides of uh, doing media and gun writing is you see something really cool and you can't talk about it, right? Um, mm-hmm. But it was the Defender Toro. So the Defender line is kind of in that 856 or D-frame Colt, similar to a K-frame Smith & Wesson, your Model 10, 64, 65, things like that. Uh, and they did it in 327 Federal Magnum, um, which pre- I wrote an article about it on Patreon. Um, but the gun out of the box had a fantastic trigger. Double action only, so no hammer spur. Uh, outfitted with Hogue mono grips, and it was in a three inch configuration. Which three inch guns are in revolvers? That's kind of the 
that's kind of the gunfighter length, right? Where you're getting, mm-hmm. you're getting a little more powder burn on your hotter ammo, your lighter ammo is easier to shoot. So that's kind of that balancing point of, uh, a really solid defensive gun or a plinker, right? Like you can get all points in between download to 32 ACP. If you wanted, might mm-hmm. not be able to extract them, but you'll, but they'll shoot. Right. <laughs> um, he sent me one. I mounted a SIG optic on it. Cause that's all I could find at the time at a reasonable price point. Um, and I was nothing but impressed with that gun. Um, unfortunately i had to test it in an indoor gun range so i had like everybody looking over my shoulder trying to see what i was shooting but um but that gun with 32 h and r mag was a it was pleasant to shoot uh 327 fed mag it was kind of a handful it was right in there with 38 plus b um with 32 smith and wesson long wad cutters it was a recoilless hand cannon so uh and with the flat trajectory of 32, you don't have problems with like the height over bore like you do on some of the 38, 357s mm. and, and even 44s. So um, I dialed it in at 10 and 15 yards and sat there and just cut the X out of a target with it. Um, so that, that was a... Uh, that was a kind of unique one. Uh, 327 Fed Mag's kind of been relegated to like your Ruger single actions and uh, things like that. And they, they set it up in a double action steel frame revolver. So, so I was happy with it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It looks uh, very interesting. Um, I hadn't really seen or thought about m- mounting a red dot on a, a revolver, but everything, Everything's getting red dots now from shotguns to rifles to revolvers even. So I guess that makes sense. Well, I guess I'm a bit of a anomaly, but I actually mounted a Tasco pro point on a Dan Wesson 44 mag about 30 years ago. So I've, I've shot red dot optics on revolvers for a while, but there never really was a good mounting solution. And, uh, Taurus came up with a pretty good one. Uh, the other piece is if you don't want to run a red dot, it's in like this around the $500 price point and it's got a fantastic front sight on it. So yeah, kudos to Taurus on that one. They really hit a home run. Mm-hmm. I'm going to have to, uh, look into that because, uh, I like revolvers. I shoot clocks, but I like revolvers just yeah. one of the, one of those strange things you know oh i get it that's uh that's my life in a nutshell mm-hmm. yeah i uh do a lot of hunting with a super red hawk and 454 and nice. uh every every time i shoot that i gotta check the fillings in my teeth and make sure they're all there still that that does a hell of a job well i'll t- i'll tell you a lot of these heavier recoiling cartridges 454 console 327 fed mag even 44 magnum 357 magnum if you're a hand loader and you download them to kind of that that comfortable medium between 38 plus p and 357 magnum you just back off a little bit uh 
the same thing with four, 454 Casol is one of my favorite cartridges because you can essentially shoot 45 Colt powder yep. puff loads in that, that long case. Mm-hmm. Uh, all the and way it's like to a, a real, real right. uh, you know, uh, elephant stopper, you know, with a 454. But yeah, I've shot the 45 Colt out of it and it almost makes me laugh because it makes it feel like you're shooting a 22 out of it because the gun's seven pounds begin with and then you got a lighter, lighter, uh, cartridge, but nowhere near the recoil. Right. And I'll say, um, on that 327 Fed Mag Toro, uh, one of my favorite loads to shoot in that gun was a, uh, 100 grain, 32 Smith and Wesson long wad cutter because it's effectively recoilless. You're getting 800 feet per second out of a hundred grain pill. And uh, our buddy Chuck Haggard has tested that load pretty extensively, and it'll punch four layers of denim and do 15 inches of gel. Like, man, we we do our best to get nine millimeter to do that regularly, right? Um, mm-hmm. And then a gun, a six shot gun that's recoilless, and this will come back up late a little later in our conversation. Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, who's your number two? Number two, I got to say, Smith & Wesson went down the lever gun road. Mm -hmm. Um, Now, granted, I I love Smith & Wesson. Uh, I've got friends that work there. Uh, There was some apprehension on that that gun, and I made it a point to to really – spend some uh quality time with that gun uh it's hard to argue with it uh if you look at what three ruger 44 mag marlins cost in bluing compared to a stainless gun with a you know excess sights and a rail and an m-lock end in their their base model gun uh that's a really slick package for what it is. They've raised and, the bar with that for sure. Yeah. And they did their, I didn't notice this at first, but they did a big loop, which, you know, there's, there's pros and cons to a big loop. Uh, but they also did this kind of quasi flattened trigger. And I got to say, I really didn't notice it. I just thought it was good. And then I mm-hmm. looked down and I went, I went, man, that, that triggered, it's almost a flat trigger and it broke right at 90 degrees, which I thought was really, um, you know, we do this with ARs. Uh, most of our previous Marlin pattern and Winchester guns had a curved trigger. Uh, it was one of those things. Had I seen it beforehand, I would have had a bias. Uh, but I didn't notice it and solid trigger it's in 44 Magnum, which Mm -hmm. if you've ever shot 44 Magnum in a 16 plus inch barrel, you're getting all the burn out of that cartridge. So that's good. And it can be bad. It's good. If you're shooting the ammo, you know, cast ammo or something that's a little stiffer, uh, compared to shooting something calibrated for a handgun right so right um 
you know, that's a hand loader's dream. And it's threaded from the factory with an excess rail. I was like, man, this is, this is a knockout right here. Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, and it's in a good price point. It's in that, you know, modern day quality lever gun price point. So I, I got to say, I was pretty impressed by it. Yeah. I, I noticed they also came out with a high end, um, limited edition with some really fine walnut, which, uh, a little bit above my, my, uh, budget, but damn, that looks, uh, very high gloss walnut. I mean, it's yes. like, that it's, is it's the, eight, it's the 1854 edition. And it kind of, uh, commemorates the volcanic, which was effectively a lever action pistol. If you look into the, the history of it, um, but eight, the 1854 edition, they had two of them at the show, and they were gorgeous. I mean, the kind of stocks that you pay a custom gun maker to make you for a Marlin or a Winchester or, or the high-end limited edition Winchesters, uh, it was on par with that. And it still had, uh, you know, still had the semi-flat trigger. Uh, it omitted the M lock forend. So kudos to them. Cause you know, if you're going to go retro, don't <laughs> yeah. put modern on it. Uh, but it was a gorgeous gun. I, I, if it were in the budget, I would order an 1854 just because it's a limited run of 1854 of those guns. Right. So, uh, and, and I'm really kind of looking forward to what spawns off of that. Like, are there going to be more calibers? Are there going to be more, uh, you know, mounting options, whatever it is, but they really, they listen to some end users and that's something I'm seeing from Smith and Wesson, like I've never seen before. So, mm-hmm. yeah, they've, they come out with some very, um, well, with their PCC and their shotgun that they came out with the last couple of years, and then this lever action, uh, Smith and Wesson's really got some very cool looking guns. And from everything I've been reading, uh, also is, uh, they're well, well made, which is, you know, really good to see because that only makes everybody else, everybody else, uh, up their game when it comes to, uh, their quality and the, and the options that they're offering. Yeah. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Well, who's our number one? Well, if your listening audience wasn't aware, uh, Daryl Bolke and I in November of last year started the American Fighting Revolver. And it is a media page devoted to classic fighting revolvers. So, if you will, in the, in the realm of service guns and backup guns, imagine the Glock 17, 19, and 26. Well, that's not a new concept, right? Three sizes of guns that were mm-hmm. really designed for people that did, did work, right? So we are exploring vintage stocks vintage configurations, vintage custom guns, uh, you know, pre-war guns, post-war guns, all these things that have been in our collections for years, 
And we got tapped to consult on a J-frame project uh, by Lipsy's. And uh, if, if most of your listeners, if you're a gun connoisseur, Lipsy's is the largest distributor in the United States. So gun companies don't sell to the public. They sell to a distributor, right? Right. And the distributor sells it to the public. So, uh, and Jason Klossner is a brilliant guy. Uh, he's their special projects manager. Mm-hmm. So any gun that he feels like has potential, uh, he was behind the Vickers Glocks, the uh, the Ruger Super Blackhawk 454s, uh, the Bobby Tyler Colt Pythons that are just absolute works of art and are affordable. Uh, so Jason and uh, one of the Smith & Wesson guys, uh, one of their production managers, they put their heads together and they came to get said, you know, the, the J frame in the air weight. So 642, 442, it's your average pocket J frame. They're like, you know, that, that platform has been underserved for a lot of years. Uh, that, that platform came out in 1993. So humpback centennial, uh, in 38 special that's kind of been your offerings and they've done offerings in other calibers and scandium and Airlite and all these uh exotic materials and jason wanted to build the ultimate carry j frame so he looped me and daryl bulky in on the project uh to kind of certify that gun to say yeah this is everything a gun guy wants in a J-frame, this is everything the average consumer needs so that the J-frame is more approachable. Um, and it was pretty well the hottest gun at SHOT Show. So, and not just the Ultimate Carry J-frame series, but the 32 H&R mag uh, in the 432 and 632 were kind of the showstoppers. So... And I'd be happy to answer any questions you have about either one of those. Yeah. Or well, all four I, of them. Yeah. I haven't, I haven't gone along and, uh, got my hands on them or anything else like that, but what, what, what are, um, what do they do as far as making them so, uh, consumer, uh, friendly or consumer, uh, you know, for pistols, because I mean, quite frankly, uh, I started I started with a revolver hunting wise, and then moved into concealed carry with the, the Glocks and things like that. So, you know, I don't carry a, a pistol very often, you know, unless it's a, a pocket pistol, but, um, what, what makes it more consumer friendly? So if we start at the back of the gun, uh, the stocks, uh, everybody's familiar with all these high end like custom wood stocks. Uh, we worked directly with John Van Zyke from VZ. Uh, we had a conference call with him on the range in Baton Rouge to say, this is what we always wanted in wood, but wood's not structurally sound enough to do this. We want to enclose the backstrap, give it, give the, the shooter some good trigger reach but also keep a boot grip that is very concealable 
and what we call high horn, meaning the horns of the stock come up high on the back strap to kind of spread the recoil out in your hand. So if you're shooting kind of a, you know, a 38 with some pepper, um, you can actually shoot it reasonably comfortably. Uh, you move forward a little bit. It's got an endurance package and the endurance package is titanium pins. So your trigger hammer and rebound spring pin are made of titanium and they actually have a bearing surface on them, which reduces the amount of, let me get into gunsmith propeller head here for you. It reduces the hammer trigger and side plate play against the, or I'm sorry, the hammer trigger and rebound slide play against the side plate and the frame, which is, you know, as a gunsmith, when you take one of those guns apart, you're, you're looking for the story. What's this gun doing? And you look at that by where it's chugging metal off of the side plate or the inside frame. So they gave those things bearing surfaces to minimize the amount of contact they have. Uh, the other thing is titanium doesn't have a tendency to fracture like steel. So you have a longer wearing and bearing surface on those internal parts. Uh, they changed the geometry in there a little bit to make the trigger a little bit more manageable to where instead of stacking right up front, it, it kind of makes a roll all the way through. Uh, they improved the springs and then on the front of the gun, something that they reserved for your scandium guns, the exotic metal guns that were all in the plus $1,000 price point. Uh, they went with a two-piece barrel. So instead of screwing a piece of steel into a chunk of aluminum, uh, they effectively put a tube that is your barrel, and then that pinches down the outer sleeve or the, and it also encloses the ejector rod. So that gun from the ground up is everything that all of us J frame pocket carry guys, ankle carry guys wanted. Uh, and then to put icing on the cake, they put a low profile Novak slash high knee slash whoever you want to call it. U uh, notch rear sight matched up to an excess standard dot front sight in a very high visibility green with a tritium dot. Um, it, it is everything I have always longed for in a J frame all in one package. And then thanks to my, my brother, Daryl bulky uh, begging them to make a 32 H and R Magnum. They're making it in 32 H and R Magnum. So uh yeah and and jason glossner as well but uh so now you have a 38 you can shoot 135 gold dot plus p which is on the lighter side of plus p we dialed the guns in for that and with a 148 wad cutter they'll shoot right about to the sights uh on the 32 h and r magnum Federal makes an 85 grain jacketed hollow point. That's kind of the industry standard for 32 H&R mag. We dialed it in with that. 
And when you drop down to 32 Smith and Wesson long with a hundred grain wide cutter, uh, you essentially have a six shot pocket pistol that's effectively recoilless. It, it recoils real similar to a 22 Magnum. So that's the one gun I'm, I, of course, I'm biased to because I had some input on the design, but I'm also the most excited about because I think it, it ushers the J frame into even the novice shooter level with a great trigger, great stocks and sights you can see. So that's, that's cool. Sorry, I'm going to have to have to see if I can find one at a uh, gun store in town and uh, get my hands on it. There's uh, several, there's several here that going to check, check out the gun stores and see what's uh, what's available. Well, I'll tell you if you want one, uh, one of the other things I was assured by Lipsy's and Smith and Wesson is that that gun will not be a limited run. Uh, you know, in the past we get these 500,000, 2000 exclusive runs through different distributors. Mm-hmm. Uh, Lipsy's is committed to making that gun as has Smith and Wesson as long as the consumers want it. So if you want it, buy it. Uh, and my advice to anybody listening is go to your local gun shop. If, if they're a Lipsy's dealer, put them on your wish list, your want list and order one. Um, the initial run I think is going to be really successful. Uh, the other thing is Daryl and I with American fighting revolver, we're doing a media launch the, uh, around the last week of February. So March Madness with Lipsy's, they tend to focus on Smith and Wesson's. So uh, that'll be part of the March Madness package. So your bigger Lipsy's dealers, of course, are going to get them first. Uh, but I think within the next six six to eight months, they'll they'll be pretty well available to the entire public. Uh, and the longer you guys order them, the longer they'll be made. So uh, it, it really is, um, you know, a lot of time and I've done, I've done a lot of consulting gigs in the gun industry uh, a, a lot in the last 22 years, really. And a lot of times when you go into a consulting gig, a manufacturer distributor has said, here's my baby. Tell me everything that's great about it as opposed to Lipsy's that said, here's my baby. Tell me everything that's ugly about it, uh, which was a real refreshing type of uh, relationship because in the initial prototypes, we kicked the stocks back like two or three times before the final launch, uh, which was like a month before SHOT Show. So if you've ever been in the industry, a month away from the major trade show is not the time to be going. Yeah, we don't like this, uh, but they embraced it. They pivoted quick and they made what I, I really feel like is the ultimate, uh, carry gun. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like I said, I'm a Glock guy, but the more you talk about the more, I'm going to have to look a little bit more into it. Uh, cause I've been saying, I want to make it out to the revolver roundup at some point. Um, if it was only in like Ohio, Indiana, Kentucky, I could make it a lot easier than making it all, all the way out to uh front site there. 
but one of these days well, I'm gonna make it a front site either way. It's it, it's at Gun Sight Academy. Front site folded up um, from the last sorry. time I heard. Got that mixed, or, no, mixed up. <laughs> uh, but if you will stay tuned, uh, and I'll I'll ping you, of course, but uh, American Fighting Revolver looking at doing a snub summit in about August in South Carolina, uh, which uh, would be at the sawmill facility. We're looking at uh, uh, we're looking at at the execution piece on that uh still in uh, under you know it's not under nda but it, it's in the works um you know there was a group of guys about 20 years ago cirillo ed lovett these guys that did a uh snub revolver summit and we're gonna try and re like rebirth that into the modern era and uh daryl and i are are trying right now to get all the details finalized but uh as as you can tell since i'm not on my normal podcast uh setup here i'm moving i'm getting married daryl's moving so we're kind of kind of in a transitional phase so to speak Mm -hmm. yep definitely so that's uh great hey uh quick question for you um when it comes to uh 30 super carry um, I know it was now announced last year by federal, uh, any additional things that were talked about because it, it keeps popping up here and there about it, you know, the advantages of it, but then I never see any more guns, uh, you know, chambered with it. Well, um, I don't think it's a bad cartridge. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think if, uh, one were so inclined, he could probably find a series of guns that were discounted heavily that were chambered in that cartridge uh i i'm just i kind of think it's the 32 h&r mag it was the right cartridge about five to seven years too soon um i'm not opposed to it i have some friends that carry it uh i just Right now in the golden era of firearms, uh, I'm just not seeing the demand for it like that I thought there would be. I could be wrong. I'm not on the inside of that. But, uh, you know, if one the, the beauty is right now, there's some pretty steep discounts on some platforms in that cartridge. So mm-hmm. if you did want to explore it, it's a good time to do that. Um you know, probably the same thing. The guys that were all in the 40 Smith and Wesson craze were saying to the nine millimeter guys. Yeah. I want to really stick with the nine. Right. So, um, so we'll see how that goes. I, I'm not, I, I don't own a 30 super carry, but if someone told me they did, I, I, I wouldn't be, like put off by it i think it's a decent cartridge i also i'm I'm waiting to get my hands on the first one or at least see somebody with one i haven't bumped into anybody uh yet so it's uh it's hard to know what it feels like or if it's or if there's really much difference i i've shot it um i i just it 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 was it was one of those things that i you know why now um 
32 auto is a great cartridge. I uh, like, I don't, I don't think 32 auto is a bad cartridge. Um, kind of like the nine millimeter. If you go back 30, 40 years, you know, if we would put some R and D into the 32 auto, you know, I think it has a lot of potential and, and I think they kind of jumped ahead a generation. Um, it's kind of the inverse of the 10 millimeter 40 Smith and Wesson thing. Right. Uh, but you know, guns are cool, man. All of them are cool. So, mm-hmm. uh, it, if, if somebody, you know, I, I always go back to the, my mom factor. Um, there's a lot of good 380 ammo out there. Now there is some fantastic 380 ammo. So I kind of look at 30 super carry as why now, but, uh, you know, I could be wrong about it. I mean, I was wrong about 32 H and R mag. Uh, one of the, the resounding themes at SHOT Show was who would have thought the coolest thing at SHOT Show was a 32 H and R mag J frame, right? Right. Like it, it really hit some, hit some uh, markers that uh, I had never seen before. Uh, I do have a bonus if you want that. Okay. What's your bonus? military armament core with their their wide body 1911 their double stack 1911 mm-hmm. uh, i gotta say and i'm a staccato fan people think i'm not but i but i really do appreciate that company and all they've done in the industry uh i think staccatos are a wonderful wonderful platform uh, but one of the things they did was inspire a lot of market competition and military armament core, which I believe is imported by Tissash, T-I-S-A-S, Tissas, or whatever you want to call it. Um, man, I went and looked at their 2011 lineup and I got to say, I was impressed. I, I went in there cautiously optimistic, like I do on a pretty much anything regarding 1911s and uh i gotta say for for the price point i was i was pretty shocked at 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 how well built those guns were uh which is awesome in that it it'll it opens up the door for novice shooters and people maybe on a limited budget to explore a platform that has been in the plus $5,000 range until staccato came along. Mm-hmm. Well, now it's in the plus $2,000 range, which, you know, for the average consumer is still kind of a big ask. That's, a, that's now steep. We're, yeah. Now we're in the sub $1,000 category and we're looking at, you know, is it viable? Is it something that I can go shoot? And then, if I decide I want a staccato or, you know, an infinity or a McLaren custom or something, or a chambers custom, something really high end, you know, is this a platform I even want to want to explore? And the same goes for, well, I could buy a VP nine right now, or I could buy a Glock and see if a striker fired nine millimeter is something I'm, I'm interested in. Right. Right. So I think it opens a lot of doors to a lot more market share of people that have been uh, price point averse to that platform. So 
I, I had a meeting with one of their sales directors and looked over their gun and I was like, and I don't have any complaints here. You know, let's just, hopefully it runs well. And, uh, if the market wants it, then great. Now we have a stepping stone as opposed to, you know, our most cost-effective gun is in the $2,000 plus range. Now our most cost-effective gun in that platform is in the sub $1,000 range. So, so we'll see how that goes. Um, that would be my plus one bonus gun from shot. Yep. That's uh, really good. Um, I know I sat on the, uh, back end of uh shot show living it out through uh facebook as it probably a lot of people listening to this uh it is fun to go to it is a lot of walking and the one thing i don't miss is coming home with the uh shot show crud to where you're just oh, you know man. being around all those people from all the different countries different areas mm-hmm. everything else like that if it exists you will get it at shot show basically when it comes to colds and me <laughs> you might want to mute me. Okay. Because <clears throat> I've, uh, yeah, I, I, I caught a dose of whatever was going around. And uh, luckily, I think I'm on the back side of it, which is why my finely tuned radio voice is not here for you tonight, Rob. But <laughs> we shall endeavor to persevere. Yeah, it's all good. Well, hey, Brian, we've been asking all our season six guests, what would you like to be remembered for when you pass away? Oh man, that's a deep one. You know, last yep. year it was what books are you reading or <laughs> yeah. um, man, I just want to be remembered as a good dude. That's it. All this uh, you know, competition versus you know, practicers versus practitioners versus what who cares, man. In the end, I just want to know people look at me like, you know, that was a pretty good dude, you know. Mm-hmm. I, I want I want Rob Beckman to go, and you know one time that guy gave me a good bottle of bourbon or whatever. Yeah, there you um, go. That's that's what I want, and I and I do try to pay it forward a lot in the Gunter space. Um, I try not to be off putting to new students, and I try not to be try my best not to be off putting to uh, instructor level level people. Um, but, you know, I just, I just, in the end, this is, it's an industry, you know, that, that also serves our livelihood. Um, and I, I would just rather be remembered as just a man, you know, Brian was a guy that when I was looking for something to do, gave me an idea or, you know, just, mm-hmm. just be a good dude. Yep. Uh, Make, making things a little bit better. You know, yeah, you know, at a time. If you, uh, yeah, and I've, I've, I am guilty of being in my share of internet like doo doo fights or whatever. But you know, the older I get and being retired from law enforcement, I go, you know, I'd rather be known as a, a good husband, a good dad, you know, a good person. And, uh, I think we all strive for that, especially in gun world. We'll all be, it'll all be a better place. Mm-hmm. Yep. We can't fix everything, but we can take care of ourselves. That's for sure. Well, I appreciate your time tonight, Brian. It's, uh, 
give us a lot of good feedback on the guns that have come out and uh shot show 2024 shot show 2025 will be uh coming up they'll start doing registration about six or seven months if i uh remember properly and uh, we'll be seeing if i got enough uh vacation to make it uh to shot show so we'll just uh wait and see it goes well brian where can people find more about you your patreon uh channel and and your podcast well gerald volke and i have joined forces for the american fighting revolver uh it's on Patreon. That's kind of the landing space with all the social media algorithmic smash going on. Uh, there's a lot of stuff that's not behind the paywall. So I tell everybody, hey, even if you don't want to give me five bucks a month to look at some uh, Spiegel stocks on a Model 12 or whatever, uh, you know, sign up. We do a lot of free articles, a lot of free content. Uh, we do it at uh, at AFR Official on uh, YouTube. We we co-brand some of our uh, behind-the-scenes content on YouTube, and we share kind of the latest and greatest in the industry. Uh, the Off-Duty, On-Duty podcast, I'm kind of winding that down. I've got a couple more episodes I want to do before I kind of wind that down for good. But uh, AmericanFightingRevolver.com is the landing page. And if you get on there, it will take you to the American fighting revolver, Patreon. And, uh, you know, with all the, uh, censorship and whatnot that's going on in, uh, social media world, Daryl and I just decided we can put whatever we want on Patreon. Uh, the other thing is, um, like I said, it's not all paywall. But uh, any gunsmithing content, custom guns, stuff like that, that's going to go behind the paywall. Our paywall is five bucks a month. Uh, and with that five bucks a month, you're going to get access to us in the chat, in uh, direct messages. Uh, we do some, we do podcasts, we do features on rare and exotic guns history on certain revolvers and it's it's very revolver centric but uh i kind of feel like five bucks a month is a fair deal and i don't i don't have any plans to raise that so mm -hmm. um you know we, and and again if nothing else if you sign up we don't get your email address if you sign up for free and we don't sell it to anybody uh, but you'll get free content articles that maybe YouTube will squash from your search history and things like that. So yeah, it's, it's, that's kind of our latest project. And, uh, so far the results have been good. It's been pretty, uh, overwhelmingly good. And we've kind of built a community of people that are like-minded as opposed to what I like to call the carpet doo-doo bombers that come in on your Facebook post and, you know, just try to start trouble. Our, our <laughs> chat, our, yeah, our chat feature, buddy, it's encouraging. Um, Daryl and I both, man, we talk every day and every day we say, man, isn't it great to be like in a community of people that are all, you know, positive as opposed to let's see how I can stir it up over here. So, and, and we do have an, 
American Fighting Revolver uh, uh, Facebook and Instagram page. And we just, we put up pictures and short articles and stuff like that, but mainly it links back to Patreon. So, um, like I said, even if you're not one of these people that wants to give us five bucks a month, sign up for the free content and we'll, 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 uh, spin your propeller, so to speak. Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, I will put those uh, links into the show notes. So people that are interested, they can see that and, uh, check out your content, which, uh, I've been yeah. looking at some of that content right now and it is, uh, very good as you would expect for it. So I'm going to play around here probably after you get off the podcast with, uh, well, some, good. Of that, well, some of your content. Like I said, the, the, the free content is, uh, you know, more of the modern stuff. And if you want to see the primo stuff and some of the gunsmithing and maintenance stuff, you know, we got to put that stuff behind the paywall because it's not something we want the general public to to really uh see unrestricted so to speak but uh Mm -hmm. and the other thing is if you want to sign up for the patreon it supports me and daryl to to uh be able to drive to baton rouge and do consulting gigs on guns you've always wanted so uh so there's that aspect of it too and uh got we got some cool stuff coming up with lipsies we got cool stuff coming up with colt um yeah it's good times man life is good in the words of pat rogers yep it sounds like it well brian thanks again for your time and we look forward to your next project and uh who knows maybe it'll, maybe it'll be a large frame revolver you know get that get that you know r- raging bull and tame it a little bit well mm-hmm. All I can say is I'm on NDAs about that. <laughs> okay. Well, maybe we'll have you on the podcast again to talk about uh, whatever project you come out with next. So That's thanks again great. and have a good night. That's a wrap for this episode. I hope you found the information Brian and I talked about informative and reason why I told you up front, share with a friend so they see what SHOT Show is about and uh, hopefully they get a little bit insider view for it if they don't qualify to get their own ticket to SHOT Show. Also, check out Brian's new adventure over there at American Fighting Revolver. Always great source of information, Brian, and I'm sure the Patreon uh, pages are even much more uh, in-depth than what we can get into on the podcast. Remember, if you're searching for information to help your business out, you're instructing, you're training your students, check our website at www.firemtrainerpodcast.com and search in the upper right-hand corner on various topics. If you have questions, email me at ftp at concealedcarry.com. Remember to follow us on Facebook and also join us for the discussion of Live Fire. Visit our sponsors, especially Farm Trainers Association, and check out their instructor coverage. Remember, 10% off by listening to this podcast if you enter in promo code FTP10 at checkout. We bring this podcast support in the industry, the Second Amendment, and most importantly, every fire instructor in America dedicates time and energy into making gun owners more knowledgeable. Stay safe out there, everyone. Concealed Carry Inc. and ConcealedCarry.com strives to share helpful information and education about gun-related topics, training tips, and other things that may potentially have legal implications for its listeners. The information contained in this podcast is intended in good faith, but it is important to understand that laws vary from place to place, and we encourage listeners to seek local legal advice to understand laws that apply to them. Nothing in this podcast should be misconstrued as legal advice or counsel.